Previously in Thanos vs. Hulk. Recently, intergalactic teleporter and petty criminal Pip the Troll was tasked with abducting Bruce Banner so that a nihilist, insect overlord of the negative zone, could harvest a mysterious element detected within, within the Hulk. Using a cerebral disruptor, Annihilus was able to keep both Bruce and the Hulk's consciousness in stasis while he prepared to use them. While in stasis, the mad titan Thanos was able to gain access to their mindscape in an attempt to disrupt Annihilus' plans and use the Hulk for himself. Despite having the upper hand, Thanos was eventually removed and Annihilus was left to continue his experiments unopposed. Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and we are going to be covering... We're getting back to Thanos vs. Hulk issue 3 today, and so since we're getting back to that, we've brought back in the Buck. Hello, everybody. Hello, Buck. How you doing? Eh, tired, hungry, angry. Still the normal. Yeah, lots of that. So usual. Yeah, pretty much. So you're ready for comics. Uh, I miss comics. <laughs> Well, at least you got this to read. Yes. And this is Thanos vs. Hulk number three. So we're going to drop in here first to remind everybody what happened in... Till, actually, no, wait. We already did that before. We're going to put in here now to let people know what happens in number three. I get confused about what's happening and what happened. Eh, I get distracted by shiny objects, so it's okay. There you go. Thanos vs. Hulk number three. Trans-Hulkification. Had a cover date of April 2015 and went on sale on February 11th, 2015 with an original cover price of $3.99. The writer-artist was Jim Starlin. Inks were by Andy Smith. Letters by Travis Lanham. Colorist was Frank Diarmata. Editor was Will Moss. Assistant editor, John Mosain. Cover art, depending on which cover you got, was either by Jim Starlin and Frank Diarmata or Ron Lim, Andy Smith, and Frank Diarmata. Annihilus scientists are able to trigger the Hulk's change back and forth from Banner in order for Dr. Boltar to study and replicate a mysterious substance in the Hulk's body, which only occurs during his transformation. Using that, Dr. Boltar is able to subject Annihilus to a procedure which greatly increases his size and strength. While everyone is busy with Annihilus' procedure, Pip the Troll attempts to rescue the Hulk, However, his first move is to remove the Cerebral Disruptor, and the Hulk wakes up. He immediately comes into conflict with Blastar and the Annihilation Wave. Hulk smashes the section of the wave that is sent after him, and then topples a building onto Blastar. While this does not take Blastar fully out, the Hulk is able to make short work of him as he climbs out of the rubble. Feeling victorious, the Hulk turns to find himself face to face with an Annihilus, who is now more than twice the size of the Hulk. It was the dawn of the Third Age of Comics, 15 years after the rise of the Comics Code Authority. 
the Bronze Age was a dream given form. Its goal? To portray superheroes in a way that was socially relevant by tackling real-world issues. It's a catch-all, a place to explore monsters, demons, gunslingers, gods, and superheroes alike. Writers and artists wrapped in house styles of sophisticated realism, creating the stuff of legends. There is no assurance of quality, but it's our last best hope for comic books. This is a retrospective of the true golden age. The year is 1970. The name of the podcast, Uncovering the Bronze Age. Tune into our feed for regular content at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com. Also home to the Quarterbin Podcast and the Short Box Showcase. And that's what's happened. Fun times, fun times. Yes. Okay, so number three. So first off, we got cover, which is just, you know, big action cover. Blastar blasting Hulk. Yeah, not not an all impressive, not a very impressive cover. Just, you know, your basic action. Blastar shooting a blaster from his hand into the Hulk and Hulk flying backwards. With some bad puns on the front. Yeah. Smash versus blast, parentheses, R. Is he a fucking pirate now? Does he like? If he likes rum, I'll hang out with him. Although I have to say, I like his blaster a little better than the Hulk on the cover. I'm not impressed with either, but if I had to pick one, yeah, I'd have to go Blaster. I mean, I I do not like the the way the Hulk has been drawn throughout this uh, series. I mean, his fist it would be his uh, right fist. It looks like it is actually. In his wrist, and he doesn't have a full hand. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back because Starlin has used the Hulk a lot in like Warlock series and things like that, and ones that he's drawn. Mm-hmm. Like especially the, a lot of the ones that came out post uh, Infinity Gauntlet, and Infinity War, like Marvel: The End, and uh, you know Marvel just Infinity, I think it was called, or I'm not sure, but there's a few ones like that that he did where like he used you know Spider-Man and the Hulk a lot. And so, like, I would think he would be used to drawing the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, it look, looks like he only has a couple of fingers that were decapitated, and now he just has, like, a nub growing over. So the Hulk keeps shop. <laughs> yeah. He teaches shop in the 70s, especially with that hairstyle and the color of his pants. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, they do look corduroy. They do. I, a- I'm just not a fan of the art for this series, and it irritates me. I wanted to like it. I know. Now I wonder also. I want to look as when I see those other ones. I want to see who inks it to see if there's a, if that maybe made a difference. Because it's Charlotte penciling, but Andy Smith is inking. Yeah, but an inker is just you know a tracer. So. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's plenty of times where you can get somebody like an inker who's just not right for an artist can really make it look a lot different. Yeah. And it also depends, especially at this point in his career, how much of it that the uh, of the art is fully Starlin, since he's a little older, and like how much is him like doing more breakdowns? Maybe I don't know. I I have to imagine he's the type of person that wants full control over his art. I I don't know why I feel that. I just do. I think probably just because he's been in the business so long, and I just perceive people who've been in it and doing it for as long as he has to just want complete control over. You know. Their art, and they don't want anyone else to touch it. So that's why I think he does all of it. Possible. Yeah. But probably not very likely. 
I mean, it could be that too, but it also depends on. I mean, he's been around for so long. I would have to. I would have to guess that there might be an age factor in there. He might have to start cutting back a bit. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if maybe he's cutting back a bit on some of the stuff he's doing, some of the art, leaving more of it to you know a little bit more to the inker than he would have, let's say, twenty years ago. Right. I'm going to remember that next when I get to the next stuff he does with the Hulk in it when he draws it. See how you know we'll compare it and also see who does the inking. Well, that'd have to be you because I don't have any of the other issues. <laughs> no, we're not doing that yet, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, we get in there and we have a. Uh, Basically, Banner's still unconscious, but turning into the Hulk. I kind of really like the light green color Hulk more than the full green. Oh, like the two transitional ones? Yeah. Because, yeah, we got the four panels with him uh, changing and growing and skin changing. Now, the, the one in the third panel, I think that looks more like the Hulk that I'm used to. He doesn't have, like, the flat dome going on. He doesn't look as brutish in that. Yeah, the way they do the mouth especially, it looks very much like the uh, Sabu Semahok from, like, a lot of the 80s. Hmm. Which, which maybe that's why that's one you like, because that's it what you're be. used to. Yeah. That very well might be. Yes. I mean, like, e- even cartoon, like cartoons, it, that looks more like Hulk than... Panel four. Maybe if you were to make the uh, jawline and the cheekbones less strong, or the fuck that means, <laughs> it, it, it would be more like modern day cartoon Hulk, you know? Yeah. But I see more of a resemblance with that than I do with panel four. That just looks like he's missing a chromosome or three. <laughs> and he constantly has the drool. I know what the hell is up with that. I mean, he doesn't have it in his human form. He doesn't have it in his partial Hulk green state. It's only, like, when he's in his full-out Hulk form that he's a drooling, like... He's George from A Mice and Men. Oh, I was going to say something a little bit more offensive, but yes, we'll go with that. When Hulk sees bunnies... (laughs) Lenny. So, yeah, so while he's unconscious, apparently... I guess they, uh, oh, okay, yeah, they have, they did intentionally start the, uh, change. Yeah. Because apparently whatever substance that Dr., what's his name, Boltar needs to give an eyeless only exists in his, Banner's body when they're transforming. Yeah, so panels two and three, once he hits panel four, you can't get it, which I think is very weird. I wonder, like, what substance is actually in his body at that point that isn't there. When he's fully transformed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much. I'm not like a biologist or anything. I have to assume maybe there's something that's created by his body that does affect, you know, causes, helps cause the transformation. Once he's transformed. It would have to be some sort of hormone that does the transformation that's just not there when he's transformed. Yeah, it's just released. If there are any biochemists or biologists or anyone who's good with anatomy that understands the chemistry of it, let us know, would you? So, any smart people. Yeah. So, if you're listening to us going, damn, they're dumb, reply. <laughs> yes, please. Send in and explain this to me. We'll even give you credit. <laughs> Use small words. Yes. Like letters under eight per word. Oh, someone's feeling uh, daring today. I know. Feel my, feel my O's. Oof. Whatever that means. <laughs> And so then we go to a big double page 
mostly double-plated smash. And there he is, still drooling. Why can't one of the nurses there just, you know, stop up the drool? Are those supposed to be nurses? They all look like uh, the Melter or something. I just assume they're nurses. I mean, they're they're probably uh, armor technicians of some kind because they, they kind of look like security guards with the outfits on. Yeah. And they are de-robing uh, Annihilus. <laughs> they're stripping him? Yeah. Although it's weird how many of the Annihilus, it's like it's supposed to be a whole bug race. And you'll see some bugs in the background, but then it seems like everyone he has actually doing stuff is all humanoid. Y- yeah. I mean, Dr. Boltar, we got Blastar, we got the three nurse technician guys. And it looks like gimp outfits or something. I mean, like, it's the weird, the weird mouth thing. It looks like a sucker on a sucker fish. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because if you look at the expression on Hulk's face, it kind of looks like he's getting sucked. He does look kind of happy. Yeah. He's thinking about playing in a McDonald's playland. Oh, oh, me grimace. <laughs> but you, you know what I just noticed uh, while looking at this page that I didn't notice when I was reading it? Piff in the upper uh, right-hand corner looking down uh, at all Oh, this. yeah, right above the uh, title. Uh, Transhawkmification. Yeah, yeah, if you're, explaining the, if you're explaining the biology thing to us, don't use a word that big. Yeah. See how many it's Transhawkmification. I don't know, was it like six or seven syllables? <laughs> Six, I think. Six, yeah. I had to do the almost like clapping thing. I remember from like second grade. Yeah, dude, that's what I was doing. <laughs> so in this scene, uh, the doctors just explaining what's going on. They're going to take Nihilus out of his uh, shell, and we're finally, hopefully, going to see what Nihilus actually looks like. And I did not know that was actually a shell. Yeah, I thought but- that was his actual skin and body. And I'm not really too impressed with how he looks underneath. He's just kind of gray. Yeah. But, like, I I'm, I think it changes, because I swear, I have to go back, but I thought in Annihilation, it ended with Nova, Richard Ryan Nova, ripping, uh, go, rip, reaching down, like, the throat of the Annihilus armor and ripping Annihilus out of it. And he's like a big, long, like, slug bug thing. That sounds familiar. I think you told me that when and I it, think I did say that last time perhaps yeah maybe that's where, yeah but yeah I mean like in one of those uh, little panels you see like these little jagged rigid teeth that makes you think that he's going to be monstrous and you know very powerful and he doesn't look like that at all <laughs> he almost forgetting the, the, the like the way the fingers look and like the fact that his feet are basically shaped the way they're shaped normally mm-hmm I almost look at him going, he looks kind of like Spawn without his costume on. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yes. I, I did not see that before, but yeah. So, And apparently the wings are part of him, because on the next page you see him there and he has his wings. I thought the wings were just part of the armor. Wait, where do you see the wings? Because the page I'm on right now, and I think this should be the same one, he's laying down and... His face is covered up by some sort of like. You can probe. see a bit of the wings behind him, like right. If the main probe is where the oh, head okay. would be, the wings are there to the sides. Yep. Okay, I see them now. And if you go to the next page, you can. He's being blasted with whatever the stuff is they got from the Hulk. You could definitely see the wings there. 
Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't, I didn't actually uh, piece that together. Uh, this was an issue that I pretty much just read and didn't take notice of the art because, as I said, not a fan, so I'm not like dissecting it like I would other ones. Yeah, I'm not minding the art in that panel with the he's being blasted, but it's not the Hulk, you know, it's Blastar. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not, let's start, they're going to have him look. And also, a lot of it's the colors. That could have been a lot of the colorist doing it. Yeah. But I do like the way that looks with, like, the whole green light ray hitting him and all, like, the refracting everywhere. Yeah. So you got the life shooting all over. But I like on the bottom of the pages, he's being blasted. Wait, what does it say? Our master's accelerated growth is being managed through the complex manipulation of the mystery element from the Hulk and his cosmic rod's unique energies. And so you see cosmic the, rod. <laughs> <laughs> the annihilus you are familiar with will be but a pale shadow of what is to be. And so on the bottom you got a panel of Dr. Boltar looking on him, you know, oh, and Blastar's looking a little shocked. And then you got Unconscious Hulk. <laughs> with no drool. Yeah, but, like, no reaction because he's unconscious. And then yeah. you got the little nurse guy looking back a little bit, it looks like. And then Pip. But it's just, it's just amusing they had to throw the Hulk's perspective in there when he has none. Yeah. And while looking at the uh, doctor's face, he reminds me of the Xenoblade from uh, Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, Chomper there. Oh, yeah, like from the second or third one, right? Or third one? Yep. The, uh, oh, it's been so long. It, it's one Chatterbox? Of Yep, Chatterbox. That would be the second one. Yeah, because they uh, emerged from the house, uh, and he's, like, walking towards them, just chatting. The mouth is, can't stop, and there's, like, bugs coming out of it or something like that. It's like he has one of those novelty teeth that bounce around with the... Yeah. So Pip's watching on, and he's getting... Apparently some of his energy's blasting all over, because he almost got zapped by some of the... Spin, was it spin-off energy? And doesn't the uh, shadow kind of remind you of Abomination <laughs> coming off of a pip? Uh, where? In the uh, last panel where the energy's like flying towards him. This is oh the the, pa- the page I said where it has like the bottom the perspective. Everybody, yeah, yeah. you're right. It does kind of look like the Abomination. Yeah. With the way his hairs are parted in the ears. Yeah. But yeah, in the next page, so he's. And now this is being blasted, and apparently he's in pain. I do like how, uh, I like Blaster saying, Our Emperor is clearly in extreme agony. And the doctor's like, Uh, you remember, you'd be wise not to remember that your Emperor's in pain. Remember what? He's like, What pain? What are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said nothing about pain. Now, here's the thing, like, the way that uh, Annihilus looks in this page in the panel with the teeth, I think that looks pretty interesting. It's like an alligator, but not, you know, it has, like, a shorter, more uh, rounded snout. Yeah, but he won't look like that. No, no, he will not. (laughs) But that's what they should have gone with and kept. Maybe something, yeah, something a little less humanoid. Yeah. Because we get the the negative zone. Why is everyone... Always a humanoid from other, you know, zones and planets. Why, why can't they be like an, a, uh, oh, like an octopus, you know, with like eight legs, maybe four heads, have energy where the stomach is? Yeah, because you get to the next page and we get a nice full page splash showing the new Annihilus. Well, not really. It's the new naked Annihilus. Ugh. But he basically just looks like Annihilus, just really, really, really jacked up. I think he looks like uh, 
Tombstone and Clayface with wings. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I get where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, the color of Tombstone, but, like, the design of Clayface just added the wings. So he's a gargoyle. That's what he is. Yeah, basically. He's a damn gargoyle. But he looks like the way he did before, just, you know, super steroided up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, okay, I guess that makes sense, but it's not that exciting a change. Not at all. It's very anticlimactic. Yeah, like I said, you know, like you said, I would have been cool if like they kind of changed his his design a bit, but I guess I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to change his design at all. You know, it's like let's just make him. You can make him bigger, but everything else looks. You know, you're drawing him the same. Creativity. Maybe they just didn't get in time. You know, he didn't get this series done in time to get approved for like you know changes for the you know design set for next year. For wasn't this like uh, delayed and it doesn't really have any ramifications on the main stories? Isn't this kind of like its own one-shot type of deal for the story anyways? Well, I think I haven't read because he did a second Thanos graphic novel. Okay. Which I haven't had a chance to read it. I think that might have whatever he got from Annihilus might have something to do with that one I read. I heard somewhere. All right. So for Thanos, it has some effect. Hulk... Not that I'm aware of yet, and I don't haven't seen anything of Annihilus since, so I don't know if this has been ignored or if he's they're using you know Hulk Annihilus. Okay, but I, I will say I do like the perspective on this page. It does make him seem like he is that much bigger compared to everyone else, and that much more powerful. Yeah, I'll give them that. Like I said, I wish they, like I agree with you. I wish they did a little bit of a different design. But he does look, you know, monstrous. Yeah. And so Pulp Pip figures that's the perfect time where everyone's distracted to drop down to uh, wake up the Hulk. Do you think waking up the Hulk from a dead sleep is ever a good idea? No, and the smart thing to do would have been just to teleport him away. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Why not just take him off that damn ship or planet or wherever the hell he is and be done with it? But to be fair... It's Pip. And they need to draw out the story to make money. There's that, too. Yes. But Pip is not really very good at uh, smart decisions. Uh, This, though, is not something that a smart person would need to make a decision on. This is something a dumb person can decide on. Yeah, but to be fair, like I said, to be fair, you can look at most issues that Pip has appeared in ever since the beginning. And he, you will almost always go, well, that's the smart... Oh, yeah, Pip didn't do that. Well, that would just make comments... Oh, no, Pip didn't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, an idiot would... Oh, yeah, Pip did it. He's Dr. Chaos of Marvel. Yeah. So, I mean, having Pip do it at least does fit. It's not like yeah. having Reed Richards. So, I'm sure we can wake up the Hulk now and be all... Fu- oh, no, the Hulk's on a yeah. rampage like usual. How'd that happen? Oh, bother. Gee, my, like, 27th level intellect did not foresee this. Ooh, okay. So, the fact that it's Pip, at least, that lets me let it go a little bit, because it just yeah. that makes sense with the idiot. Because he's an idiot. I agree, but still, it's just like, come on. Come he's, on. he's, like, a little bit below the human torch in intelligence. <laughs> They've proven year for years that Johnny Storm's, a mor- Johnny Storm's pretty stupid. But he's a hell of a good-looking person, and I believe we all know that looks Trump's intelligence. Oh, yeah, that's why he's still alive. Yeah. 
or came back, actually. I don't even want to get into that. He got better. So we got Blastar fighting the Hulk. Because I, I like that. What A page before, he's, he's, doc, he's being told by the Doctor to not remember that his Emperor is in pain because his Emperor is all-powerful and everything. And then this page later, he's, it's Blastar, protect your Emperor. Yeah. Well, what I really like about this page is, uh, where did he say uh, Near the bottom of the page, he's like, We'll do, sire. Flight boots report. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Flight boots. Next panel. Oh, he has boots that actually help him fly. Yes. And they're under voice command. That's that's not at all like a power ring. Okay. That's and, cool. And honestly, I thought he had natural flight. I did not know it was based off of technology. Yeah, I don't really know much about Blastar, so it's possible he's never had flight. I could have sworn, and, and this is based off of, like, uh, cartoons, like the Fantastic Four cartoons. I believe that he was in them in, like, the early 90s, and I just thought, like, he had natural flight. But, yeah, based on these two panels, again, like I said before, I li- I'm actually liking Blastar. He's just yeah. like, look, this is my, he's, like, just a guy. Like I said the other one, like, he's he works for Nautilus because that's where he lives. But he's just like the army captain guy, sergeant. He's like, yeah, we'll take the guys out for drinks after we kill these creatures. He has a bit of a personality, which is nice, and it's not stuffy. He's like, okay, I'm going to hurt him. And then he's like, ooh, okay, I have to adjust my strategy. Yeah, I like the issue where uh, where he's putting on the boots. The doctor's like, can you handle that creature on your own? He's like, did you hear I have a death wish or something, doc? I I got plenty of backup on the way. It's like, I don't doubt we're going to kill him. I mean... But I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do it by myself. He's like, I got backup. And even when he's fighting him, he's like, love the bet. He even says, I got to love these jet boots. Yeah. And I love the pose he's in when he's firing at the Hulk in in midair. It's like a uh, martial art pose, but with a jazz flair to it. Because there's like this pose where you bring up a leg and like you uh, push your hand towards a person is a, a bomb strike of uh, types in uh, Wushu and a couple other uh, Chinese martial arts and it just reminds me of that but he looks like he's hopping up in the air like a jazz person would perform the whole thing <laughs> I see you're saying that but I mean, it also makes sense because A he was surprised by the Hulk Yeah, and also he's in the air even though his boots it's not like they're standing on the ground so exactly you know there's nothing for him to press against Yeah, because you can even say that in the uh panel right above that technically where he's like where he says gotta love these jet boots and you can see he's like obviously like flipping backwards in the air to avoid whatever the Hulk threw at him and if you're just looking at that panel it just looks like almost like he's making a snow angel <laughs> yeah it does it does although the three beard thing is still weird really you might not want to see my face then you have three beards he only has one beard, and they're braided in three different ways. Oh, well that, that's what I meant in actual words. And it took me to explain it to everybody. How does that make you feel? Me sad. Yeah. Me, no, me not good at English? That impossible. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ralph. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite lines. Anything with Ralph, any line of Ralph's is my favorite line. I choose you. It's the exact moment you can see Ralph's heartbreak. Aww. 
That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, here we go. So, the Hulk hits, you know, Hulk got blasted in the face by Blastar, and he punches Blastar. You hey, would like, think Blastar would be gone after a punch like that. Because he knows he can't take on the Hulk by himself, and he gives the impression that he knows he's going to lose if he goes toe-to-toe with him. Yeah, but I got the impression, based on being blasted, that that Hulk hit, hit didn't fully connect. Now, mm-hmm. I think like if the Hulk fully connected, yeah, the head probably pop off, but because it kind of just clipped him, it just knocked him down for a while. Yeah, it could be. But like I said before, it's like everyone we're seeing is like all these biped, you know, with two arms, two legs people. And then we got now we're like, OK, well, we got the cannon fodder. So they're all bug people. OK, so this cannon fodder, I wanted to ask because he refers to them as the Annihilation Wave. Was this the same wave in the uh, titular title or the titular comic or I that word wrong? Think so it's been a few years since I read it. So I forget exactly what they look like. But I mean, they were from. The neg- from the negative zone, so they were bugs. But they were, creatures. but they were bugs. It wasn't like an energy wave or anything like that. They were actual no. creatures. Okay. Because I never read that uh, title. The annihilation stuff is good. Yeah, I, ju- I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> I hear you. It, it actually gave the Super Scroll a personality. Oh no, that's impossible. Oh yeah, the Super Scroll miniseries was good. I don't think I ever expected to hear that he went from, said out loud. He went from just being generic guy, bad guy to uh, actually being interesting. I'm kind of interested in seeing how, but I, 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 I still can't imagine that, though. No, yeah, the Annihilation stuff, those first two series were done really well. Which I know we'll get to eventually, at least the first one, because it has Thanos. Yay. Thanos. And Adam Warlock, I think, too, actually, in both of them. Because that's what Guardians of the Galaxy comes out of, the first series. Well, so, technically the second series. Oh, what is that? Because didn't they have a couple of series prior to that? It was like, isn't Guardians of the Galaxy one of the Marvel series that keeps getting rebooted, canceled, rebooted, canceled? Sort of. They had, uh, they had a run in, I believe it was Marvel Superheroes. So technically in like the late 60s, early 70s by Steve Gerber. Right, and that was that was a different uh, team team of uh. But yeah, but it still was said going to the galaxy. But so technically, that doesn't count as a series because it was under a different title. Oh, uh, okay. Because it was Marvel superheroes. Their first actual title, and then after that ended, they just had a lot of guest appearances. Their first actual title was the one from the '90s that Jim Valentino did, which again was that original 30th Century team. All right. So when did Cosmo come into a? That's. Their second ongoing series, that well, the second Guardians of the Galaxy ongoing series, was post the second Annihilation series, and that's the team. That's the team that started in the 21st century with Adam Warlock, Star Lord, Cosmo, Mantis, Drax. So yes, it's the second actual series with the name Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's a different team. Okay, and then that ended around War of Kings, I think it was. And then, and that was the Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning series. And then they started the third series, which is the one that Bendis was writing, which that's the one that just ended before Secret Wars. Titles, names, characters, oh. 
And now the I, one that's, I'm so far out of it. It's not funny. And the one that's starting now, that just started now, with Kitty Pride and the Thing as members, is the fourth series. Hold, hold up. Wait. There's a new Guardians of the Galaxy, and Kitty Pride is in it? Yes. And the Thing. And... Okay, I, I know the Fantastic Four doesn't have their own series. That's still a thing, right? Yeah. Okay, so that I understand trying to get them into other series yeah. so they're still relevant and people you know, realize that they're still a part of Marvel. Yeah, he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. The Torch is in one of the Inhuman books because he's sleeping with Medusa now. I. Th- oh, wait, yeah, okay, I yeah, know Crystal is uh, uh, Black Bolt's wife. No, Crystal's with uh no, but Black Bolt Medusa was but was Black Bolt's wife. I'm not sure what happened with that. Okay. okay. Crystal, last I knew, was married to Ronan the Accuser. Alright, so what 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 is uh Reed and Sue doing? I don't know yet. I think they were keeping that under wraps until after Secret Wars number nine. Which um, I think that might have been out now, or it might not yet, because in like the first four or five issues of Secret Wars, which is all I've read so far, mm. You see the uh, you know what happened to uh, Sue's there, and you know what happened to the torch, but you didn't know yet what happened to the thing or Mister Fantastic, because Doom was you know God Doom. So obviously the people he's going to get the most revenge on would be the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So I think they were keeping some of that like hidden until the end. So especially the Reed stuff. So they probably weren't going to show what happened to Reed until issue after issue nine came out. He's going to reform. Uh, a version of the X Men. <laughs> he's gonna re- he's gonna wait until Marvel gets the rights for Fantastic Four and get movies, and all of a sudden he's gonna reform the team. Yeah, yeah you know I, I hate to say it, but it's wise of Marvel to do that. Yeah, it sucks for the fans, but it's smart. Hulk smashing annihilation with uh, Blastar looking Blastar narrating. Although, again, I like Blastar's narration here. You know, the monster just brushed aside the Emperor's royal guards if they were not but bothersome gnats. But I guess that's what most of the universe is to the Hulk. Which is true. Yeah. That just goes along with, you know, them reinforcing just how powerful he is and that he's supposed to be, like, the strongest that there is. Ever. Yeah. Which irritates me a little bit just because that means, you know, we have a definitive answer of who's going to win between him and the thing. I always liked the Hulk versus thing, you know, issues and storylines and all that. No matter what, like, where I saw it on a show, in the comics, you know. Well, I think that was the fun part of it, like, for at least for Fantastic Four fans, is that the thing wasn't as strong as the Hulk. So it kind of gave the thing a bit of a. You know, that's where a lot of, like, things, like, has that personality considered now. Like, you know, he'll just keep going through. He'll just keep going no matter what because he faces the Hulk on a constant basis and the Hulk way outclasses him. Yeah. And he doesn't go down. You know, it's giving the thing more of that, you know, credit because he's standing up to the guy who's so much more powerful than him and he's lasting well longer than you would expect him to. I just don't like having that answer, though. You know, it's it's one of those mysteries that I wish never had an answer to. But but over the years, especially recently in, like, last three, uh, when the Hulk series came out, uh, I think it was Marvel Now, where uh, he was part of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., and he was on vacation as Bruce Banner. And then, what, like, not the calculator, but someone who does, like, the math on everything and is, like, super smart with math. 
like calculated his strength level to be in- infinite. Oh, the thinker. Like, yeah, the thinker. Thank you. And that right there just sealed it. It's like, yeah, no one is ever going to be as strong as him. Yeah, which it's funny because you, no one ever said any problem about the Hulk. Like they used to say about Superman, where like Superman is too powerful, you know? Oh yeah. But I guess it's because Superman not only could do all those other things, but he also was smart. Where the yeah. Hulk, I mean, it's his strength, and I guess you could say invulnerability slash healing ability. That's that, but it's not like he can fly. But he can jump really, really high. Yeah, but since he can't fly, it's not like, for instance, I mean, like, Superman can fly across the universe and back in seconds and beat up armies all over. Yeah. The Hulk kind of can't get to that other planet. Or if you drop him on a planet, he really can't get off of it. No. He and can't he, jump planet the planet. And he can die in space. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, uh, and because he's so stupid, usually, that's usually what's used against him, is that he, you know, he's not that bright. Yeah. It's like, I, I would assume that's why they don't ever really, you know, you never really hear people saying, the Hulk's too strong. But in reality, he is. I mean, yeah. on a pure strength level. I'd actually like to see him in a Superman arm wrestle. <laughs> I think that's one of the things people liked about Planet Hulk, was that there was something about the thing where it made him, like, a bit more vulnerable and not as strong. Oh, so wasn't the planet filled with a bunch of Hulk-like creatures? I don't remember that. I mean, well, I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, like, in strength, though. Not in, like, actual design. Oh, it had creatures that were at least close enough, yeah. And that, that probably made... That's probably the reason why you feel like he was more or less, for a better term, humanized. Yeah. It was more of an equal playing field. Yeah. But speaking of which, like... Because, like, here's my example. He's still fighting Blastar, and he's jump Like you said, he's jumping up at Blastar, but Blastar's just dodging him. In midair, and the Hulk just waiting the Hulk drop down and jumping up again. And as the Hulk drops down, he's shooting him. Yep. <laughs> Which is smart. And the Hulk is just taking it all in his palm. <laughs> oh no, I'm at the next page. The one with uh, Pip <laughs> under the rubble. No, no, that's the page you're talking about, right? Where he gets shot in the pot. He's like, hold it, you know, block you. Oh, so, oh, so, so you're, you're you're the one where uh, you're the page before where he's taking it to the gut. Oh, then it must have got sent to you the wrong way, because that's the other way around. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I know. That's Sorry. the way I have it. Sorry, then. Eh, no worries. But yeah, that's it. that page is first, where he's jumping up at Blastar, then, and Blastar dodges out of the way, because he's flying, and the Hulk drops down, and he just shoots him. Oh, okay. He's like, this is... Because <laughs> it makes sense. Why would I want to fight you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you fall on your... I'm just going to let gravity do half my work for me. <laughs> and then, of course, Hulk just gets smart, so to speak. As smart as Hulk can be. <laughs> I like that, though. He just smashes this whole building to fall down on Blastar. I see, to me, that that doesn't look like it would do any damage to Blastar. But Blastar has this look of fear on his face, like he just shit himself. Well, I mean, he dropped the whole building. It's like there's someone dropping the Chrysler building on him. Yeah, but he's still a cosmic being that, you know, apparently can shoot energy from his hands, can fight very strong creatures, and his body looks like he could take the force of a little building like that. Well, I mean, he does crawl out from there, so he's a, he, it doesn't kill him or yeah. knock him out. But the Hulk knocks him out. I, I just think that is an overreaction on his part to a building being tossed on him. Maybe it's because he just never had that happen. Could be. 
He's like, what the hell? And honestly, it's only half a building. The other, the other half's like falling in the other direction. Ah, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then the Hulk punches him where it almost looks like he smashes his, punches him through his face. I actually thought when I saw this, there goes his head. Yeah, because I mean, you don't see the punch. You actually, like, you see the Hulk punching him, but it's right where the Blastar's head is and the fist is. It's all just green light. Yeah. Almost it's like sweet. the old Batman TV show where I expect to see Kapow right over or something. Bam. Bam. Yeah. But the way it's drawn, I don't really know how much room there is for the fist and the face to be there unless they're together. As in the fist going through the face. Yeah. I don't remember number four yet, whether he's alive still or not. I've not read four, so it'll be interesting for me to see. But that's when the Annihilus shows up. And now we see him in his armor. Which basically is the same armor he had before. And it's ugly. There's like... There's slight color difference. It could just be this one panel. But to me, it looks a little bit more uh, matted, a little bit more gray and silver. And it looks like he's wearing a... uh, the thing under his neck looks like one of those inhalers that you wear in water, you know, that you've seen on shows. Oh, yeah. But that's his cosmic rod. Oh, that's the cosmic rod? Yeah. He wears it under his neck? Yes. Makes sense? Okay, I won't question that. As far as I know, he's always worn it there. That's a, As far as I know, that's a Kirby thing. Okay. Leave it to Kirby to do something like that. But yeah, he's Kirby. Just, just a very oversized version of Annihilus. Is yeah, like I said, he just looks like you know super jacked up Annihilus. I mean, he's taller than the Hulk, and he's you know different muscular. But I mean, it looks like he's three times what Hulk is. Yeah. So how the hell does he get three times what Hulk is with what is actually in Hulk that makes Hulk Hulk? <laughs> well, combining with the cosmic rod stuff. Uh. So that you know warped it, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Probably, yeah. Now, of course, so that's the end of the issue. Who does not appear in this issue? Who does not? Yeah. Whose name is on the cover? Uh, Hulk? No, I gotta go back to the cover, damn it. Give me a second. Give me a second. Almost there. I'm nearing the cover. <laughs> The cover is arriving shortly. There's the inside cover. Okay, there's the cup. Oh, Thanos. That's right. Yeah. This is a Thanos <laughs> series. Thanos versus Hulk number three. Now with 0% Thanos. Oh, man. Dude, I, I didn't even realize that when I was reading it. I'm just reading it like it was a regular Hulk issue. <laughs> and there's no Hulk in it at all. Oh, wait. wait, no, 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 Thanos is in inside cover. <laughs> yes, that's true, he's in the uh, previously. But that's about it. So again, I just want to know, when was this set up, because... I mean, I, I realized recently that there's some things that I have to take into account that marketing and production do sometimes after stories are done. Because like we said before, this initially was supposed to be a story in Rampaging Hulk, I think it was Savage Hulk. Mm-hmm. Which is like a a Hulk series that only lasted about 10 or 12 issues where it was supposed to be like the sap, you know, di- stories taking place at different periods of the Hulk's time. You know, here's the three or four issues of here, four issues here, kind of like the old legends of the dark Knight. Okay. And this was supposed to appear in that. 
So the question is, at one point, after, you know, was Starlin doing the series when they changed it to Thanos vs. Hulk, or was it over? And he was done and handed in and paid, and then they went, hey, we could make more money if we market this as a Thanos series. Well, I'm a cynic, and because of that, I'm thinking they're like, hey, more money. Because with the movies coming out, Thanos becoming more of a character, Thanos uh, miniseries that hit prior to this. Yeah, that's my thought, because I'm wondering if Starlin was doing a Thanos vs. Hulk series, would he have had Thanos play a larger role in every issue, as opposed to him doing a Hulk series that happens to have some Thanos in it? Right. So it's a Hulk book. And this does read like a Hulk book. Absolutely. Not a Hulk and Thanos team-up book. Absolutely. You know, like Thanos is just the guest star. Oh, no. Thanos is just a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Well, Saying he's a guest star up until this point is... Oof, well, the first issue he was. He was a yeah. bit of that. But afterwards, yeah. It's just the Hulk series. Yeah. Because I, I know, like, for instance, like when DC recently, when they brought back in Wally West... And they made a big deal about it. And to me, I was like, that's not Wally West. I mean, it might be a good character. Mm-hmm. And it might end up being a good character named Wally West. But when they're saying, Wally West is back, I'm like, it had nothing to do with the race thing. I'm like, now he was black. You know, in the New 52, I'm like, it's Wally West was a character who started as Kid Flash years ago, was a member of the Teen Titans, became the Flash, went through things like he was, you know, he was a person. You know, a character that had these things happen to him. You just can't bring some random guy up and go, Wally's back. It's like, no, you got a new character named Wally. But it's not the same one. No. It'd be like someone coming up to me and just calling me, uh, I don't know, insert popular name here. Yeah, well, it's like I say, it's like someone bringing some random older woman over who was like 30 years older than me and going, here's your mom. No, that's yeah. not my mom. No, it's your mom. That's her name. See, look. Same name, like, well, might have the same name now, but, and she might be a very nice lady, and I might end up liking her, but that's not my mother. Because, like, when they did that again in Wonder Woman, they brought back Donna Troy, Wonder Girl, they didn't make such a big deal about it. They just brought it, you know, it wasn't like, a, at least I didn't see anything all over the internet saying Donna Troy's back. So when they brought back this different character, I was like, oh, okay, this is just their new version of Donna Troy, let's see where they go with her. As opposed to with the Wally West thing, where it kind of made me not want to read it, because... It almost felt like they were trying to, like, have their cake and eat it, too. Yes, it's a whole new universe, but you liked Wally before, right? So we got a Wally. Yeah. So you're going to love this guy, too, right? It's like, I don't know, maybe. Do something good with them. So that's the same thing, like, it feels like here. Like, they're do- it's like the marketing people are I don't know. They, they just trying, saw, do, do, going a little bit beyond what they need to do. They just saw money signs, that's all. Yeah. And we learned that in the 90s, what happens when you let marketing and stuff take over. Uh, you have the clone saga that doesn't that ends you know two years longer than it should have, and that becomes a whole nother mess for continuity reasons and fights over who died, who lived, who's the better Spider-Man. Was it really all real? Like all the other issues in this miniseries, you can find this issue reprinted in the Thanos vs. Hulk trade paperback. And, of course, you can also find it digitally on Comixology.com and in the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Now we're going to do the Friends and Enemies section. In case you don't know what it is, we're going to be covering uh, Hulk vs. Thanos vs. Hulk 3 had a cover date of April 2015. So we're going to talk about whatever Marvel books came out 
with a publication date of April 2015 that either Adam or Thanos have appeared in before and we've already covered on the show. And first up is Avengers, so Buck, take it away. Avengers, number 41. <clears throat> Over there by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Diatro Jr. I'm awful with names. I apologize if he's listening. In three months' time, time runs out. That is an awful synopsis there. Need to write more about that. Captain Marvel, number 12. The Seven Seconds Before You Die, Part 1, by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Warren Ellis, and David Lopez. Captain Marvel's time as an astronomical Avenger has... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I drew a blank there after saying astronomical. <laughs> I got the big one! Oh, okay, astronomical Avenger has pitted her against some of the worst the galaxy has to offer. Looking at you... J- Jason? Jason. That's okay. uh, Star-Lord's father. Ah, uh, okay. It's it's like John is Marshmallow is J apostrophe O-N-N. Oh, okay. He's Jason. Just, All right. But, you know, space spelling. Th- those things always screw me up until I hear them the first time. I always, like, say them three or four times to hear if they sound right, and they never do. The half... <laughs> God damn, dude, why, why are you giving me all this shit? Because it's funny. <laughs> all right. Hefenized Chrysordium. I can say Chrysordium. Did I get the Hefenized one right? Hefenized? Hefen- it, it's a made-up word, so sure. Yay for made-up words. Okay. <laughs> the H Chrysordium has been tracking Captain Marvel and Tick for weeks. Now they're finally caught up to them both. Captain Marvel was barely able to survive the last time she squared off against the H. Consortium and thinks she'll be so lucky again? Read the issue to find out. Fantastic Four, number 643. Back in Blue, Part 3 by James Robinson and uh, Leonard Kirk. The Internet. Reckon the end is forever continues with the villain's plans revealed. The invasion of Earth begins with the creatures from the Franklinverse as well as corrupted versions of the heroes from Heroes Reborn. Will the Fantastic Four have enough power to fight them on the streets of New York? Meanwhile, Sue, Namor, and Jim Hammond resolve into the Franklinverse to combat this threat at its source. Good lord, they wrote way too much for this and not enough for the Avengers one. They also made a they also kind of didn't use correct grammar. I mean, they were because I just copied and pasted what it had there in the Marvel site. So it says, "Meanwhile, Sue Namor and Jim Hammond resolve into the Franklinverse." Well, that doesn't really make sense. They resolve to yeah. go to the Franklinverse. Yeah. Well, unless they meant to say they kind of, well resolve to yeah. All right, that doesn't really sound all that. Yeah, I, like I said, I just copied. Yeah. I just cut and pasted so. Grammar's so they resolve into the Franklinverse to combat this threat as source, but what they find is far more terrifying than they expected. Plus, the return of oh shit, Sleepwalker, awesome, yeah, and a uh, Bentley Twenty Three's finest hour. Yeah, Sleepwalker's been here, and they—I don't know if they ever mentioned the old Sleepwalker series, but we find out what his voice sounds like. I mean, they—they they give you—they tell you what it sounds like in there. Apparently, he sounds just like Vincent Price. Oh, that is awesome. And now I want to see Sleepwalker in, like, 
in one of the animated shows, and I want somebody who can do a Vincent Price voice to do his voice. Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible voice for him, but that's just awesome that they picked such a great actor. Yeah, that's just, I thought that was pretty cool. And my uh, friend and I were actually uh, talking about movies a couple days ago, and we're talking about the uh, uh, Doctor Strange one that's coming out and who's playing him. And oh. he said he, he couldn't think of anyone better. I, right off the bat, I'm like, dude, Vincent Price, hands down. Well, yeah, I think your friend meant anyone currently alive and under the age of 40. No, he meant anyone at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's no, like, I, I would go Vincent Price. Vincent yeah. Price, especially in the 50s. Oh, my God, yeah, when he was doing all the uh, hammer horror type of shit. Yeah, or and, like, yeah, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite horror actors, and if I ever become an actor, that's the type of actor I want to be. Someone who just has that presence on screen, you know? No, he would have been, been cool as a Doctor Strange. Yeah, absolutely. So how long has Sleepwalker been back? Um, Maybe since 642. Oh, so for an issue, okay. So he's only in like the last two, or th- you know, three or four issues of FF. Because I'm only missing like three or four of uh, his comics from back in the 90s i'm not trying to complete the uh run and i actually have my list right here let's see (laughs) what you're missing i'm missing issue two seven oh actually i'm missing a lot more holy crap really (laughs) oh wait i'm missing two to seven and uh no no i'm missing four two seven eight eleven through seventeen i was close thirty to 33 in the holiday special. I liked that run. That series, I mean. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it, and I was not expecting it. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, it's James Robinson, so I expected him to bring back somebody like that. He likes doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah. Good for us, because that's definitely a more one of the more unique uh, characters Marvel has. Oh, yeah. I, I hope they use him again at some point. Because that'd be inter- that'd be good. Yeah. So uh, Jim Hammond is he still uh, Human Torch in this son? Yes. Cool. And is he still an android? Yep. And the Heroes Reborn are they drawn like uh, they were when it oh, first came out? They look the way they did. Yeah. I mean, cool. they're. I mean, it's not drawn. You could tell it's not drawn by Lifehell or Jim. Oh yeah. But they, it's the design. So it's, you know, it's the way the Hawk, their Hawkeye looked in Avengers or the Iron Man with the smokestack thing. Or Captain America with, like, the double Ds, uh, you know, could knock anyone out. I don't think he has those. I think, but he does have the eagle on his head instead of the A. That's cool. That, and, that actually uh, sounds like a fun uh, little story arc that's going on with the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I'm liking it. I am liking it because I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reading most of these as I'm going along with the doing the show, so... I'm like, actually, most of the books here so far aren't bad. But FS fun, although I will say my favorite is actually on my part, which is Thor. Thor is the best out of all of them, I'd say. Well, nice segue. Get into your part, then. (laughs) Hulk number 11, The Omega Hulk, Chapter 7, by Jerry Dugan and Mark Bagley. Omega Hulk has officially bought a ticket to hell. Doc Green has set his sights on Lyra, a.k.a. the Savage She-Hulk from Thunderous Future. Science runs amok. Mistakes will be made. No happy ending here. Now, again, if they said no happy endings, that's one thing. But saying no happy ending kind of makes me think like they mean something else. Yeah. 
Because you say no happy endings. It's like, oh, yeah, no one has a happy endings. You know, happy ever after. Again, their grammar on that side is really weird. I didn't realize that. I have to pay attention to that from now on because that's wonky. And, and here's the screwed up thing. With where I work, all this actually seems very normal. I don't even pick up on this anymore. <laughs> Superior Iron Man number five. Chapter five. The Origin of Teen, Teen Abomination by Tom Taylor and Laura Braga. The secret origin of Teen Abomination. Tony Stark's actions of the past come back to haunt him in the present. Has his negligence bred monsters? And will those monsters destroy him? Yeah, it doesn't sound all that impressive. That wasn't a bad issue, though. And finally, Thor number five. Behold, A New Age of Thunder by Jason Aaron and Jorge Molina. The mysterious all-new Thor is taken Midgard by storm. But if her enemies have their say, her reign as the goddess of thunder will be a short one. Prince Odinson is making a list and checking it twice. All-Father Odin is so desperate to see Molnir return to Asgard that he will call on some very dangerous, very unexpected allies. And the Absorbing Man and Titan are just up to their usual tricks, namely robbing banks and crushing anyone who dares get in their way. I don't know who this uh, Molnir is. Is that any relation to Meow Meow? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's okay. It's a friend of Meow Meow. Okay, good, good. No, this one is the best out of all these issues this month, I'd say. Now, this is still Lady Thor, right? Yes. Now, is she still going to be a Thor? Or because wasn't she suffering from cancer, like her actual human self? I'm assuming I have not read anything because of leaving work, not working at the store anymore. Mm-hmm. And doing the moving and everything, I haven't had a chance to read anything since, like, Secret Wars 5. So, I don't know how Secret Wars... I haven't got to the end of Secret Wars yet. I've not read any book Marvel books that come out after Secret Wars. Okay. All right, I can deal with that. <laughs> as far as I knew, at the end, you know, when this ended, she was still Thor. And it looks, from what I saw from the solicit from the free comic book day for all new Avengers Zero, she was on the cover. So, I'm assuming she still will be. But I can't say beyond that. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm really excited for 2016. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire and Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show. And I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network. And then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife Geekcast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Oh Hot Moo. Shag, do you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure, why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. 
I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first, so we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben, voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? to no, be the Enough! Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? Now we're up to the part of the show where I shamelessly beg for feedback. Here goes. You can email the show at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com, follow us on Facebook, just search for Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast, or on Tumblr at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. On both these pages, we post new episodes, as well as images from issues we have covered and what other random stuff I feel like. The show isn't on Twitter, yet, but I am. You can follow me, at Rebus02, R-E-B-I-S-0-2, or just use hashtag ResurrectionsAdamWarlock. In fact, do that anyway, because that'd be pretty cool. I was recently a guest on the Fantastic Cast, which, if you've listened to this show for... Any number, a few number of episodes at least, you have heard of them. I've played their epi- their promo many times on the show, and there's also been a couple times that I've referred you to them just because of like certain FF characters that you get more information from them than us because we only have to talk about them briefly. So anyway, if you want to go hear more of me and of course them because they're good, go listen to Fantastic Cast episode one fifty seven. Uh, which we cover Fantastic Four 134, A Dragon Stalks the Skies, but not just that. Also a good episode for me to be on, because they also cover Captain Marvel 26, which we covered in depth on this show, but we cover briefly there because of the Thing appearance. And, and this is the cool part, Hero for Hire number 9, which if you don't realize, is the issue of Hero for Hire which Luke Cage travels to Latveria because Dr. Doom owes him 200 bucks. Yeah, that one. That was fun. So, there's the link in the show notes right to that episode. Go listen, once this one's done, which this should be over very soon. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com 
and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.